Drivers, start your engines! It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. All right, race fans, welcome to this week's edition of Southern Race Week right here on your great racing station and your favorite podcast location. I'm William Barber, a.k.a. WB, and this week on Southern Race Week is always setting high atop the pit box of the man that brings us the best show in the world. He's the producer that Jay Leno wished he had back in the TV days that many of PRN, MRN, and everybody else tries to steal him away. They can't have him, but we got him. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Alfie to the show. Alfie, how's it going, man? Hey, William. Uh, Glad to be with you again this week on another award-winning episode of Southern Race Week Radio along with the- Award-winning. Award-winning, yes, sir. I'm sorry. Award-winning. Award-winning Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast as we deliver another jam-packed episode in racing news short track news ending news nascar news as, as you like to say william if it's got four wheels sometimes even two and if it goes real fast we covered right here on southern race week radio sir we sure do and i tell you what this past week it's been an exciting one coke 600 and then of course there's always the indy 500 that showed a record crowd of people back in the grandstands and how exciting that was Alfie, I hope and pray that you got us some great people that's going to talk about some of that great race in action. Plus, I hear there's word and talk of legend programs returning to where people can watch it in Charlotte and not just necessarily have to be there. Tell me about the guests that we have this week. That's right, William. We're going to be speaking with Kevin Lee here in just a matter of moments. He'll recap all the action from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. For the running of the Indy 500, the greatest spectacle in all of racing. He'll recap all the action, as you mentioned. He'll talk about the difference of covering the race in 2020 and covering the race this year as well. So we'll talk with Kevin here in just a matter of moments. Also, we'll get the latest in short track news. Big names you should be looking out for in the world of short track racing. With Lenny Patiki, host of PRN at the track. And also, as you mentioned, there'll be an opportunity for you to watch Legends Racing at Atlanta Motor Speedway as well as Charlotte Motor Speedway on television. And Lenny will break down how you'll be able to do that here, especially with Thursday Thunder debuting this past week and the action at Charlotte coming up here momentarily as well. And then we'll wrap things up with Randall Jenkins, the promoter of Oglethorpe Speedway. In case you have not heard yet, uh, they are going to be closing Oglethorpe Speedway at the end of the year. November of this year will be their final events there at the track before they close shop up. Uh, a long historical track there right outside of the Savannah area, right there in Pooler, Georgia. So we'll be speaking with Randall Jenkins and get uh, his thoughts on the the history there at Oglethorpe and the uh, unfortunate uh, closing of the track and why they decided to make this move to uh, to shut things down after a very long and lengthy historical career for Oglethorpe uh, Speedway. So those great guests will be coming up this week on the Southern Race Week Radio Show, along with the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. This is Alan Gavana of the Positive Regression Podcast. You're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast, as we bring you the biggest names in racing behind the wheel and also on the broadcasting mic as well. 
As this past weekend, the greatest spectacle in all of racing, the Indianapolis 500 took place at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And to give us a recap on all the action that happened this past weekend at IMS, we head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in from NBC Sports, one of the many broadcasters who are on site delivering all the action for the Indy 500. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Kevin Lee. Uh, Mr. Lee, wow. uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week <laughs> on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a nice, relaxing week after a very busy a few weeks for you there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Thanks, Alfred. I feel like I'm starting at shooting guard. <laughs> well, you know what? You're a big deal, sir. So when we have a big deal guest, we want to give him a big deal uh, introduction. And as we mentioned, you were a busy man for Peacock, NBC Sports, uh, delivering all the action from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Now, I had the opportunity to talk to you last year before the event took place. And last year was a lot different than it was this year. Last year, we raced without a crowd. Uh, the date was pushed back because of COVID. And now we were back at our normal Memorial Day weekend date with a capacity crowd at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So let's talk about the 2020 version of the Indy 500 and the 2021 version of Indianapolis 500 and your thoughts on having a crowd back at Indy for the greatest spectacle in all of racing. Well, 2020 felt very different. And to be honest, I don't remember until I specifically went back to review things a lot about it because it just didn't feel like the Indianapolis 500. You know, we know Takuma Sato won and we know Scott Dixon had the dominant car, but it was just very different. And what makes the Indy 500 special is certainly the history and the length of the event dating back to 1911 and the prestige, but it's also the mass of humanity and the largest single day sporting event is the way it's labeled and that changes everything. And then just the, you know, you still did some of the ceremonies last year, but it wasn't the same at all. And this year wasn't quite the same, but it felt pretty close. And after what everyone has gone through for the last uh, 15 months or so, it just felt like today we're reopening America and the Indy 500 is kind of leading the way. It wasn't full capacity it was you know less than half of what it could be of close to 300,000 but they announced 135,000 seats were sold there were a few more in the suites and things like that but nothing in the infield so it's still not quite there yet but it gave us a little taste and then you add on that this was the best weather day that we've had for this race in many many years I can't recall and it just put a little giddy up in everyone's step and then you turn out and the race was as good as it could have been it was a fantastic day, and we feel like we're on the move now. Now, you covered a lot of events at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but uh, walking into that tunnel and entering the venue for especially Indy 500 Day, what, I mean, do you still get the goosebumps when you walk into the tunnel and get set to call the action? And can you believe you have a job or you're able to do this year in and year out? I think so. Maybe I'm more jaded than most because I live here. So yeah. I probably <laughs> go through the tunnel, you know, 50 times a year for different events. But race day is, is certainly something different and you know, the, the only negative of, of the busy schedule and, you know, I'm thinking about what I'm doing, what I'm saying, what I need to do, getting my notes together, you're really focused just like the drivers are. The drivers, more so, their job is harder than mine, but you're focused on the task at hand. And I think you appreciate it a little bit more if you don't have a specific role, if you're just a fan. 
I think the only time I haven't really worked the event was in 2018. So I stopped doing radio that year and just hung out with one of my bosses at NBC and walked around with him throughout the day as we were starting to make some some plans of, all right, how are we going to cover this event? What happens before the race? And that was really special because I didn't have anywhere I had to be at a certain time. I wasn't thinking about what's next or who else do I need to talk to to get ready. So that's when you have the opportunity to really relish and cherish the moment. Speaking with Kevin Lee here of NBC Sports as we recap all the action from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway from the Indy 500. Um, what an exciting race it was, sir. Even though I'm a journalist and I'm not pulling for people, I was really pulling for Graham Rahal. I thought he had a great car. He performed really well. But unfortunately, a situation took him out, and you can sense the disappointment in him when I was watching the action on NBC. He felt like he had the uh, perfect car to win the event, um, really felt confident that he had uh, the chance to win. Uh, your thoughts on Graham, Graham Rahal and, and that whole situation with his tire? He had as good a chance as any of the top four or five. He was saving fuel better than anyone else, which meant that he was going to be able to, to turn it up and race hard the rest of the way. You know, I can't say that he was going to win the race because other things happened that took away some fuel strategy advantages. Takuma Sato was pretty close in his vicinity and saving fuel the same way. And just the timing of the yellows and what you try to do, it didn't work out for Sato either. But Graham was going to be in the mix. Uh, super unfortunate, and that's how important track position is. So, you know, you can kind of look at several people on that. The uh, outside rear changer didn't get the, the tire mounted quite quickly enough. The air jack man then lowered the car before the tire was secured. Uh, and, and then Graham took off. Uh, maybe he was told in his ear, but you're generally watching for the outside front tire changer, the crew chief, to wave you on, and he didn't. Now, in defense of the driver, you're thinking when the car drops, surely the tires have been mounted, and you're just trying to anticipate, and you jump it just a little bit, and that's why it's a team sport. You can't just pick out one person in this. Everyone is involved, and, and it's unfortunate. The big store, Helio Castroneves, I mean, wow, I don't think anyone really expected him to perform the way he did. His fourth victory, tying a great list of names of winners of the Indy 500 and Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, he is not a full-time driver this season, but uh, tell me about that experience of seeing Helio across that finish line, get that checkered flag. I mean, the Spider-Man again climbing the fence. I mean, it must have been exciting to see him get that uh, fourth uh, win to uh, tie a, a long string of, of racers who have won for it, the Indy 500. He's been part-time the last few years. When Team Penske started their Acura sports car program, they wanted flagship drivers, so they moved Elio and, and Juan Pablo Montoya over to that, and he did only the Indy 500. And the last uh, few years, as a one-off, it didn't go very well for Elio. And last year, and really this year, the Team Penske cars were not strong. So this would be the only time you could go somewhere else and actually be in a better position. And he had a better chance not being with Team Penske this year. Meyershank Racing was a Honda. They have been a little bit stronger than the Chevys. And they have an affiliation with Andretti Autosport. And their cars are always good at Indianapolis. Elio wasn't one of the top favorites, but he was in the – he did fly under the radar a little bit. But he was in that grouping that we said, yeah, the car's probably good enough. And experience is going to matter. In the right circumstances, he could be in the mix. We really had – 12 to 14 that we thought coming in could win it. And there were a dozen or so at one point in the day Sunday that you said, yeah, they're in position to maybe be able to win the thing. 
but you couldn't ask for a better story to promote the sport. Elio knows how to celebrate. Uh, <laughs> when you've been in the sport this long, you have a lot of friends. You've worked with a lot of people. And it really was magical, the 20 minutes or so after the race was over. Now, another name that has brought some attention with the NASCAR world is uh, Jimmy Johnson. He's been racing a few races so far in the Indy Series. Uh, obviously not doing so well because this is new to him. But as far as his performance and how he's doing, what, what are your thoughts on Jimmy so far? And, and what were your expectations for him as, when he announced he was going to come over to the IndyCar Series to do some races? Expectations were very low because yeah. it's very hard for anyone to do. And just as an example, Elio last year came back and did a road course race uh, at Indianapolis with a different team. The first time he wasn't with Team Penske, he was filling in for an injured driver, and he was at the back. Sebastian Bourdais, when he did his first race of the year last year as a late add-on, he ran at the back. And Sebastian Bourdais is a four-time champion. So if you're not doing it every week, all of the time, you're going to struggle. And Jimmy was good at road courses in NASCAR, but it's not like he was the best. So he's just kind of fulfilling a, a childhood dream. He wanted to be an IndyCar driver. Chevrolet dropped out of IndyCar. And they said, you're going NASCAR racing. And as a racing driver, you go where someone is willing to pay for you to race and pay you to race. Um, I think he's maybe doing a little bit better. He's finishing at the back, but he is respectable. And as the race goes on, his lap times are competitive, say, with the last three or four. The goal is that he's beating someone by summer. And that's the only realistic goal He's not going to catch up. He's doing this for fun, but he's already talking about doing the Indy 500 next year. And on ovals with a Ganassi car, he could be a factor. You know, would he win? That's probably a long shot, but he could possibly do what Kurt Busch did and finish sixth or something like that. Uh, so that's kind of what's next. He's going to test on an oval at some point. And actually he's on, on track this week, testing at road America for one of the races coming up in a couple of weeks. So that might be one that he has a little better chance at. Detroit next weekend, that's going to be tough. Street race, he's never been there. There's limited practice time. That is going to be very difficult with concrete walls for Jimmy. Well, NBC Sports and Peacock will be carrying all the action of the IndyCar Series is here. Uh, Mr. Lee, if our listeners want to keep up with you on social media, follow the action of the IndyCar Series and your thoughts and opinion of what's going on, where can they go to, to follow you on social media, sir? Kevin Lee 23 on Twitter is probably the best place to find me. All right. Well, Mr. Lee, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hey, this is Brandon Hutchison, Executive Vice President and General Manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway. You're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. And uh, we've got another great guest that will be joining us here on the Food Depot Hotline as we discuss the latest in short track news and information as we head on over live to Charlotte Motor Speedway and welcome the host of PRN at the track. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Lenny Batiki. No better welcome than that one. I always love being on here. Southern Race Week is amazing, and so are you, Alfie. Thanks for all you do to support grassroots racing. Ah, nothing better than grassroots racing because that's where the start of many of these drivers you see now in the Truck Series, Xfinity Cups, they all had to start somewhere. 
And a lot of them started at the Legends program here at Atlanta Motor Speedway to uh, brag a little bit on Mr. Ken Reagan and all the, the great work they do over there at the uh, Thursday Thunder Series. And, and, and speaking of that, we're going to talk about the Thursday Thunder and the summer shootout here uh, coming up in just a, uh, a couple of moments. But uh, Mr. Uh, Batiki, thank you so much for joining us here this week on Southern Race Week Radio. If there's anyone who knows uh, more about grassroots racing than anyone else, it's you, my friend. I know you got your uh, ears, uh, eyes, and pulse on the world of short track news. I know there's a lot going on. Uh, so for our listeners up there, uh, can you give us a little bit of a recap of some of the great racing action you've heard about here over the last a week or so? Yeah, there, there's been some some big names uh, doing what they do, Georgia-based big names. And, you know, we're, we've got some rising stars that really have, you know, solidified their space uh, just this season. So we'll start out with the big ones. Uh, the Overton brothers, uh, Brandon Overton, big, sexy. He went up to Cherokee and uh, won a big event up there. But while his brother was down yeah, at an equally big event, I really felt uh, at, at Cochran, they do such a good job there uh, at the battlefield. Cody Overton won there. And then at uh, Sonoa, uh, just a week or so ago, Ashton Winger won a Southern All-Stars race. So uh, three nationally known big names from Georgia doing what they do. But I'll give you three names or maybe a few more than that uh, that are, are starting to, you know, bubble up from, uh, you know, grassroots. Uh, Hartwell has a guy named Herbie Chin, who is uh, one at Hartwell and over at Livonia. Um, also, you know, at Hartwell, Cody Pritchett is really solidifying what he does. Livonia has uh, Elliot Brayboy was in victory lane a week or so ago. And, uh, you know, there are some other drivers like over at West Georgia. Marty Massey has been doing an excellent job uh, in his races, winning them. But a guy named James Swanger seems to be one of the names coming out of West Georgia that uh, we're all kind of keeping our eyes on. So those are some of the grassroots names. Now, let me give you some track news. Uh, We're going to have two good and one not so good. Um, Oglethorpe Speedway Park over by uh, Savannah, been running 60, 70 years or so. But uh, as things go, um, you know, they're going to make a change over there. And, uh, you know, they're, they're saying they're going to stop their racing program. Hopefully it's uh, just a pause, but that'll come at the end of the season. So if you want to go see some great racing at a very historic track, I'd get to Oglethorpe now so you can make sure you do. But also on the other side of the uh, equation and over across the way in the state, uh, Lanier's going to have a uh, legend series this summer. So we'll get to see some of that. And we've got, um, Sugar Creek coming back in. That's up in the mountains. Uh, they, they've been a d- couple of different names, but Sugar Creek Raceway is going to start off uh, mid-June. So two tracks that have been pretty much dormant are going to come back, and uh, hopefully we'll get uh, better news uh, in the future about Oglethorpe. For, for now, they're going to be racing this summer on their Friday night program. Get out and support them. And uh, grassroots racing doing pretty good all, all across the state of Georgia. And speaking of Oglethorpe Speedway, in fact, we're going to be speaking with uh, Randall Jenkins uh, next. So we'll get a little information of what's going on there at Oglethorpe. So we'll uh, stay tuned for that as we'll get the latest on the uh, news there of Oglethorpe closing down with Randall Jenkins. Lenny Batiki here, host of PRN of the track, as we get the latest in short track news and information. And as summer is here, Lenny, kids are out of school, enjoying their summer break. But that means Legend Racing returns to Charlotte Motor Speedway and Atlanta Motor Speedway. The Summer Shootout Series begins at Charlotte. And earlier this week, we had uh, the Thursday Thunder kickoff at Atlanta Motor Speedway. We had uh, Ken Reagan on the program last week to preview everything going on in Thursday Thunder. But big news for Charlotte Motor Speedway and Atlanta Motor Speedway with the Legends Cars Series is that NBC is having a little bit of a an opportunity for fans who can't get out to Charlotte and Atlanta to watch these races to possibly see the future 
of NASCAR. And Lenny, can you give us a little inf- information of what NBC is going to be doing to, to promote Legends cars at Charlotte and Atlanta? Well, first, I want to tip our hat to the uh, folks from Legends Nation, Brian Nagy, Tony Stevens, all those guys. And Nagy really lifted a lot of heavy lifting to be able to get Legends Nation, uh, you know, to this point and doing what he did there. Uh, that really was the uh, eye-opener for Track Pass and NBC Sports. Uh, the, the product was good. And now it's going to get wider distribution on the Track Pass uh, app uh, that you'll be able to see. It's a streaming service through NBC Sports and going to get wider uh, amount of eyes on these cars. What does that mean to uh, the the fans and the and the competitors? Well, for the competitors, they could take a look and say, "Hey," to their potential sponsors or even their sponsors, and say, "Now I'm more valuable. I have more people potentially watching me than ever before." And whether I'm racing a Thursday Thunder at Atlanta Motor Speedway or Summer Shootout at Charlotte Motor Speedway, the uh, the width and breadth of who sees me will now be more valuable. And for the fans, I got to believe that uh, NBC is going to uh, add some things that. Uh, you know, only NBC can in the ways that they can. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to uh, all of this coming together and just uh, continuing to increase the uh, the great things that are on tap for U.S. legends. Yeah, it's really awesome. I know last year to COVID, uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway broadcasted the Legends program on Facebook Watch and got a lot of success from doing that, a lot of exposure for a lot of these guys who, you know, were able to get to the track to watch these events live. So great opportunity for those drivers to, as, as you said, gain some exposure and uh, be able to uh, get their names out there much more on a global scale since NBC Sports will have a, a great part of this. Uh, Lenny, any any big upcoming events, races that our listeners should be uh, circling on their calendars coming up here that they should uh, know about? Well, you know, uh, you've got uh, events now happening again at Swainsboro. Livonia's always got some good stuff cooking. And I really like what uh, both West Georgia and Sonoma are doing. They're working enough together to be able to provide great racing in that area of Georgia. Cochran's doing a great job. I really think no matter where you are, you turn left, you turn right in the uh, Peach State, and you'll be able to go see some great racing at facilities that have upgraded and have made uh, fans feel that much more welcome. Of course, PRN at the track, always bringing you the latest in short track news along the southeast and in the Midwest as well. And Mr. Patiki, if our listeners want to listen to your podcast, PRN at the track, how can they go about getting that? They can go to goprn.com and uh, be able to get it there. They can download the PRN app for their phones. And always uh, give us a follow on our social media, especially PRN's at the track on Twitter. We'll keep you updated with all the grassroots racing information we can find while you're uh, tuned in to Southern Race Week Radio. I'm Jacqueline Drake with the Cars Tour, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie, bringing you this uh, brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we have a, another special guest is joining us right now on the Food Depot hotline as we head on over to uh, Savannah, Georgia. And we welcome in the uh, promoter over there at uh, Oglethorpe Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Randall Jenkins. Glad to be here. Glad to be out here and having fun at a racetrack. Ah, Mr. Jenkins, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully everything is going well for you here today, sir. 
so far, so good. Getting a little rain, so uh, grass will be growing. I had to cut grass tomorrow, but it's a real cool day. Uh, probably about 80 degrees. It's a nice day out in rain. Oh, uh, yes. It's beautiful, beautiful weather out there right outside of the Savannah area. And uh, the reason we have you on the show, sir, is you recently just uh, re- sent news out to myself and, and many of the short track fans that Oglethorpe Speedway is going to be shutting its doors after the current racing season. Very sad news to hear about the facility. So before we talk about everything going on, can you tell us a little bit about the history of Oglethorpe Speedway? Yes, sir. It's, uh, actually, the property was purchased in 1946. It was uh, cleaned up, opened up in 1951, like the news release said, with a motorcycle race and a stock car race to follow shortly after that. It's uh, been running all kind of events since 1951. Um, in 1977, the current owners, the Stone family, took control over it, and uh Brought in monster trucks. We've had bicycle races, concerts, uh, rodeos, all kind of great stuff. Um, a couple of years ago, used to be a half mile track. They cut it in half, uh, made it a big paper clip. We built a separate go kart track off of turn three and four, so we could run stock cars on Friday night and go karts on Saturday. Um, lots of great stuff's been going on here over the years. Uh, it's just uh, right now the way this area in Pooler is expanding and blowing up for all kind of housing and everything else. It's uh, about just time to come to an end for a dirt track. Now, Pooler, Georgia, uh, I was that's some that's near the Savannah area. Is that correct? Yes, it butts up right up to the, the city of Savannah. It's about ten minutes away. Downtown Savannah is about ten minutes away, so we're right next door. Yes. Now we introduced you as a promoter of the track, but you do a lot of other jobs there at the track. So tell our listeners a little bit about what you do uh, day in and day out there at the track, as far as just doing the promotional work. Well, they, uh, I started out uh, in 2001 as a temporary official, but uh, in 2009 I took over sales and promotions. I do all the sponsorships, going out and selling sponsorships, um, any kind of signage and stuff that's here at the track I have, I make. Um, I do all the painting of all the little um, funny things we have on the walls. Um, get out hand out all kind of flyers, go out and meet people, try to get people here to the races, because uh, as anybody that owns the racetrack knows, the most expensive seat is an empty one. So all during the week, I'm just out trying to get sponsorships, do advertising on TV, radio, wherever I can get the word out to race fans, let them know to come out and have a good time. And then, of course, Friday nights, I'm the announcer. Uh, Saturday night, go-karts I announce, motorcycles I announce, uh, the Monster Truck Show, he does his own announcing. But I'm pretty much the announcer and the and the voice for the Speedway here uh, and everything else. So being over so, uh, open so many years, so much history is there at the track. Um, is there any moment that jumps out at you in the years that you've been there that that you know the year you, that brings back good memories of the track to you? Uh, well, I used to race here, and I thought that was fun. But when I come and started working, and just the thing about it to me is to see parents bring the little kids out, and they get to see a race for the first time. They're just in awe at the speed and the cars and how they go sideways on the dirt, and uh, they just 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 seeing the kids with smiles on their faces, and they leave here, they're jumping up and down and wanting to come back. They can't wait to come back to the next week. So it's basically just all the family entertainment and family fun that I've seen over the years sticks out basically more than the racing because I enjoy seeing people have a good time. Speaking with uh, Randall Jenkins, here promoter at Oglethorpe Speedway, as they're announced there, they're going to be closing things up here at the end of the season. And uh, let me ask you, what was the determining factor or what decisions were made in deciding to end things after such an illustrious uh, career there at the track that the that you guys decided you needed to close things up well over the years um 20 years ago pooler only was a two-lane road there was a couple of mom and pop gas stations the racetrack a couple of grocery stores i saw that was here in the last eight to ten years they've brought in a mall an outlet 
Um, every corner you turn, they've added another road. There's houses going up, apartment complexes. We got just about every any kind of restaurant you can name, Lowe's, Home you know, Everything has just moved into Pooler. It has blew up and is just basically urban sprawl. Everybody, any lot of grass or something they can put a gas station on or something. Everybody's buying up and doing. And uh, it's just now there's bowling alleys. There's two theaters. There's putt putt golf. There's a go kart track. You can go rent carts, and it, it just splits up the the fans that want to go out and do something. They got so many choices now that it's just hard to get three thousand people in the stands every Friday night. But but fortunately though, you guys will still have events going on to the end of the year. So uh, what kind of events will you have? Uh, leading up to the final event, which I believe will be in November of this year. Yes, right now we are going to continue on with our schedule that we put out in January all the way through November 12th and 13th. Um, Actually, our season championship night, we're changing that. It used to be a Friday night race, and then we had a banquet at the end of the year. This year we're going to run Friday night and Saturday night, bring in some more late model series and probably an open-wheel modified series, run half the divisions Friday night crown the champions and the rookies right here on the front straightaway, give them their money and their trophy right here in front of the fans so the fans will be a part of the championship celebration. We'll have to worry about buying a ticket to go to the banquet. Um, we're going to try to do that again in November, do a Friday night and Saturday night race doubleheader. Um, our showdown is still going on as it always has. The 24th annual showdown will be in October. So, I mean, we are still going to keep going all the way through November 12th and 13th with adding some vintage races. We're talking to some motorcycle people, maybe have them come down and do a little expedition, ex, you know, exhibition race or something. Just give the fans one more chance of seeing all the great racing that's been going on over here, uh, out here for over the years. Now, if our listeners want to check out the schedule, maybe they want to make their tra- uh, plans to head out to Savannah and Puller, Georgia, and come out and see some racing as the Oglethorpe Speedway will be closing down. Uh, where can they go to get the schedule and information of uh, how to get there and also what's coming up? Uh, we have got our website up and running. They're doing some changes to it today, so the schedule will be up. should be up this afternoon at OSPRacing.net. We also have a Facebook page. Um, you can look me up on my Facebook page also. 90% of the stuff that's on the racing page, I post on my page so that everybody can find There's plenty of places you can go find out all the information. Well, uh, Mr. Jenkins, uh, we appreciate your time. And thank you so much for joining Southern Race Week Radius uh, this week. And we're so sad to hear about the news about Oglethorpe Speedway, but plenty of uh, time for uh, fans to get out there and, and check out one of the premier uh, short tracks here in the uh, state of Georgia and the uh, Southeast, sir. We appreciate your time, and of course, we'll keep up with what's going on and have you back on later on in the year throughout to uh, update us and let us know what's going on at Oglethorpe Speedway, my friend. It's my pleasure being here, and uh, hopefully the fans will come out and help us celebrate a couple more races before November gets here and have a great time. Hey, it's Ron Capps, driver of the Napa Auto Parts Funny Car, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. We're about to wind down this episode of Southern Race Week right here on your favorite radio station and podcast location. Remember, Southern Race Week, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us southern race week and don't forget coming up as we get closer to the july 11th race weekend for the quicker state 400 presented by walmart we're going to be giving away tickets to atlanta motor speedway for saturday's race and sunday's race plus if you are in and around the week of the race at atlanta motor speedway we're going to give you a list of walmarts to come out to for your chance to win tickets courtesy of Walmart and Quaker State Oil. So, Alfie, uh, again, thanks for a great show. Let's remind people who all was on the program, bro. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to our great guest this week, Kevin Lee of NBC Sports. Also, Lenny Batiki, the host of PRN at the track. And then also Randall Jenkins, the big-time promoter there at Oglethorpe Speedway. And don't forget that, as, as William mentioned, you can pick up this program as a podcast. 
This show will be posted on Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So you can listen to this week's episode or any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio. And then don't forget about the social media platforms you can join us on. It's Twitter at SRW Radio, and you can follow yours truly at Alfie underscore 19. And you can follow our fearless leader at WB Radio Network. And then don't forget about the Facebook page as well. That's Facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. You can go there and like the page. And we also bring you the latest news, information in the world of short track, IndyCar, NASCAR. As we like to say, if it has four wheels or even two, it goes real fast. We'll get you up to date with all that news right there on the Facebook page and the Twitter page as well, Mr. Barber. Well, until next week, folks, thanks to Food Depot Grocery Stores, and thanks you for tuning in. Until then, I'm William Barber. And I'm Alfie. This is Southern Race Week. We'll see you at a racetrack near you soon. Yeah.